We've always been told that the greatest good is what we do for one another. But in the realm of business and capitalism, the concepts of helping others and trying to build the most competitive business seem to mix like oil and water. Or do they? Welcome to Season 3 of the Commute to Class podcast by the Blackstone Launchpad at Syracuse University. My name is Jack Lyons, and this season I'll be exploring startups that are fueled by impact as they attempt to try to make the world a better and more sustainable place. My first guest is Nikita Chatterjee, a recent graduate of SU and founder of Pani Solutions, a company with the mission of promoting the accessibility of clean water in low-income communities through safe and hygienic practices of water filtration. Well, I guess to to start out, I would love to um, learn a little bit more about how you grew up. I know uh, you kind of mentioned some articles I read that you've always kind of had a passion for medicine. Like, what kind of what kind of kid were you growing up? Or did you know that getting into medicine or being a doctor was always the path? Or what, what was your um, thought process? Yeah, like? I mean, I was a, I was a nerdy kid. Um, I was definitely a bookworm. I was always reading or studying or um, doing something related to furthering my knowledge. I was curious as a kid. Um, so that's where a lot of my passion came from. I love science. You know, I love right and wrong. I grew up in a very black and white ha- household. My parents are, you know, very traditional. They're immigrants from India. That also had an influence on, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I had my mindset since I was like nine that I wanted to be a doctor. And then now here we are. (laughs) Talk about coming to Syracuse a bit, right? And you, you know, you have this passion for medicine, but it seems like you also find this passion for business development and, you know, coming up with your own idea and starting a business. Was there uh, a key moment that you had like in your scholastic career where you're like, okay, I want to kind of take this medicine aspect, but turn it into, um, you know, more of a business impact. Yeah, there was definitely a moment. So I came into Syracuse as a pre-med student um, and I completed all my pre-med recs my first three years. Um, And then I went to India and it was the first time that I had traveled there where I now had such a wide back, like academic background of like different public health structures and what medicine actually looked like and like the symptoms of it and the effects of it. And it really like opened my perspective. So when I was in India, um, I was, you know, looking around and I noticed that, you know, water was a real issue. If you've asked anyone who's ever traveled to to India, they, you know, tell you don't drink the water off the street, like make sure everything is bottled. It's because it's a really poor quality of water. Um, So I came back and I was like, I could be a doctor, but that's more of an individual impact, right? Like I'm, it's very like patient relations related. Um, And I wanted to have a bigger mark on the world. So I was like, how can I solve a problem that is associated with health? Um, And so, you know, clean water is something that immediately came to mind. I saw it firsthand um, and I went from there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you said growing up to 
to Indian immigrant parents, were you aware of this issue before you visited India? Was it something that your parents talked about? Um, I was superficially aware. You know, they told me, don't drink the water, don't eat anything from the streets, you're going to get sick. And I didn't really know what that meant, you know. Like, I knew I was going to a different country, it was a different environment. But from what I experienced, like, water was still coming out of the sink, you know. And I didn't see, like, where the differences were um, Mm -hmm. until I had all that background knowledge. And I, like, was educated enough to be like, yo, that doesn't look like what I'm used to, like, what's wrong with it? Um, And I started Mm -hmm. to ask questions. Totally. When, because you talk about, obviously, that's a huge issue that a lot of countries are, you know, encountering right now, water accessibility, particularly in low income communities. Mm -hmm. How did you, you know, I think it's great to have the passion to solve a problem, but how are you able to be like, okay, you know, I want to solve this problem. How are you able to create a product and a business around that. We'll talk about maybe the brainstorming steps that you had to get to the water filtration system that you have now. So it was really important for me when I was designing the product that it was adaptable to the lifestyle of the people in India. Um, so women, you know, walked miles to collect the water and then they have to walk back with the water, in which case they're using their clothes to filter out as much like large sediment as they can um and so I was like that's a great strategy like I'm gonna build off of that like how could I enhance this um you know methodology that they already have and I you know thought about the sari cloth my mom has millions of saris like I know women have you know, saris in their closet, and that's something familiar to them. And I wanted to feel like it was, you know, culturally related and something that they can easily bring into their household without feeling like this is a first world solution. You know what I'm saying? Totally, totally. How did you then, so you have this idea, you've kind of started building a product. How did you find the launch pad? How did you get involved in the entrepreneurial community on campus and um, I don't know how you met your co-founder, but maybe also talk a bit about that. What are the hoops and, uh, you know, positives and challenges you can encounter with, with adding a co-founder? Yeah. Um, so my co-founder at the time was my roommate. Um, she was a public health major. Um, and so she was also passionate about a lot of the same things I was passionate about. So when we were talking about the idea, it was, it felt like a natural partnership. It felt like, you know, she really wanted to be involved in the public health aspect. She wanted to work with women. Um, she wanted to build community while I was, you know, at the time interested in building a business. Like I wanted to generate money. I wanted to generate awareness. I wanted, you know, to build something from, from nothing. Um, and so together, you know, we could tackle each other's weaknesses. Um, the launch pad was kind of just like an impulsive decision. I was kind of like, what's this? And I walked in and I told Linda my idea. And I can honestly say, like, I don't know where I would be without the launch pad. Like, that is absolutely like one of the best resources that I came across at Syracuse. Um, yeah. (laughs) Totally. And I, I know you guys 
had a lot of success. You did the event and SU program. You did ACC and venture. Was that mm-hmm. something new for you that like, you know, you focused on medicine? I know for anyone, you know, pitching in front of people is kind of scary. It was was that formative for you, those competitions and kind of learning the ins and outs of running a business? Yeah, they definitely helped us out a lot. I think the feedback from the array of judges that, you know, Linda was able to bring in gave us a lot of insight into what potential problems we can run into, what questions we need to ask, things we need to think about in different industries about the product, you know, environmental Mm -hmm. safety. A bunch of things came up that, you know, probably wouldn't have crossed my mind until a lot later, really early on because of the, the competitions. And it really taught us, you know, how to talk to an investor. Like, I know how to tell a story really well. I can articulate my idea and my plan for the future really well now because of those competitions. Um, So I think they gave us a great foundation. And of course, you know, all of the prize money that comes with it is an added benefit that really helped jumpstart our our process. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that start businesses in college. What was that decision for you, like, as you approach the end of your college career to say, you know, I want to continue with this, I want to keep working on this, even, as you mentioned, as you have, you know, a full time job, like, what was that decision making process like? Um, Well, my career path kind of changed, I decided not to go to medical school, and I kind of, you know, went a different route than becoming a doctor. Um, And I still wanted to keep that, you know, community health, that connection to, you know, the country that my parents come from, that I'm, you know, feel connected to, um, somehow in my life. And I started to see, you know, something from my mind, you know, being built, like something tangible is coming out of this idea that I had. And I really enjoyed that feeling. Like, I really enjoyed feeling like I'm building something out of nothing. And I want to see this reach its full potential. Um, So I decided that I'm going to be committed and I'm going to see it through. Totally. That's very admirable of you. Um, I feel like sometimes I think, you know, that's kind of the reason I started this entire season of the podcast is kind of capitalism, entrepreneurial ventures. I wouldn't say our scene is, um, or I wouldn't say they have a bad connotation, but it's very much seen like, oh, you can't really be making an impact or helping people if you're running like a business. Talk about maybe the challenges or the positives of one, just running a business and then how that's different because you're running a business that is very, um, has a strong, you know, almost a nonprofit mission, if that makes sense. Yeah, so we are a for-profit business that's not profit-driven. Um, And that's hard to do, right? Because now we have to make the same amount of money in order to cover all of our operational costs. Um, Mm. But like we don't have the same margin to give to, you know, maybe my employees because all of that is being invested into this product that we're essentially giving away. Um, So I think that like for me, I, I take on that challenge because I'm passionate about the cause. And I've had to make sure everyone on my team shares that same passion so that, you know, things like um, money don't cloud our judgment. Um, And I think, you know, I don't know what it's like running like a regular for-profit business, but 
I assume it's also hard. You know, it's just they are keeping the money for themselves, whereas we're giving it away. I don't know. Totally. I'm curious uh, for you now, you kind of mentioned it a little earlier, but um, how do you get your, your team member, like as an entrepreneur, obviously starting your own business, you have the passion. How do you get people to be, have the same level of energy as you and be able to lead a team and set an example? Is there any intentional practices that you have associated with that? Um, I think before I actually bring someone onto my team, like I, I have an actual conversation about them, about what they want, about what they expect from me and what they expect out of the organization. You know, I want to know about what they're passionate about, what impact they want to have. Um, and I've had to learn to ask those questions because I've made mistakes, right? Like I've had, I've worked with people who may have not been aligned with our mission and that has been, you know, problematic for us. Like we've seen the consequences of it. So bringing on someone to my team, like I do a thorough vet, um, even their background, like their background tells me a lot where they've worked, how long they've worked there for, um, how they work with people in the organization. Um, but passion and alignment with our mission is what's most important to me. Totally. My, I have a couple more questions. I'm curious for you. Um, what, what, keeps you going now like obviously um you've worked on this business for multiple years you mentioned it in the mission and what is keeping you going and i guess more importantly what is what is the goal of your business is there a certain metric that you're trying to reach where a certain amount of people helped or is there some kind of a final goal that this company has um that my goal for the company is to visually be able to see an impact. I can't really tell you a number, whether that's hundreds of thousands or millions of people, but I want to be able to track, you know, their health before they got the filter versus a couple of years of having the filter so that I can show everyone and, and teach people that water really has an effect on your body um, and, you know, what you ingest can affect the level of your health especially for women and and you know young girls in low-income areas because um, I feel like they get the shorthand of the stick but I also really want to be able to provide permanent solutions I don't want the filter to be something that they rely on for the rest of their life I want to be able to have this business grow into something where we, where we can now build um, structures and work with the government in order to provide um, and give access to clean water to these communities. And what was the other question? No, you answered it. That was okay. perfect. Um, what are looking forward, um, as much as you can say, what are, what are the next steps for your company? The next steps are, I mean, we want to definitely increase the amount of people we're giving the filter to. Um, I've done a couple of small, soft launches, and, you know, I've made some mistakes, and we've learned a lot of things from those launches, um, so now we're going to gather all that information and kind of really, you know, run a crowdfunding campaign, use that crowdfunding campaign money 
to launch, you know, a set amount of filters to the community and actually start tracking, you know, the health effects of the filter. Um, so it'll be our first real, you know, launch of the filter this year. Um, that is definitely my goal. Awesome. You mentioned uh, a couple times that, you know, I think part of the process of being an entrepreneur is making mistakes initially. Uh, a lot of people I've talked to, obviously, that's kind of an integral part. But, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. If you If you had to look back to, you know, when you started this business and had to give yourself some advice as someone who's been working on it for a couple of years now, what advice would you give the, the younger Nikita? The advice I would give to myself um, a couple years ago is, so I'm the type of person that overthinks everything. Like I'll take a couple of days to like respond to an email because I want to make sure that I'm responding the right way. So I think I would just tell myself to take a leap of faith. Like everything is going to be okay. And if something does go wrong, you know, you'll learn from it. You don't have to be a perfectionist the first time around because it's most likely not going to work anyway. So I would just, you know, tell myself to go for it and to not hold back or to think too much. Well, I mean, in some ways you've definitely have gone for it by even <laughs> attempting to start. So, you know, bravo to you for that. You know, this is a, this is a great idea. I think obviously it's a huge issue. Um, I really see this company having, you know, profound impact on the world. So I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. That's all the questions I had, Nikita. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate, you know, this opportunity to be able to talk. Um, I hope that, you know, people are listening and I think you're doing a great thing. Oh, people, people are definitely listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, awesome. Thanks so much, Nikita. This podcast was produced by me, Jack Lyons. Music was created by Connor Johnson. Cover art was created by Jackson Sephora. The Commute to Class podcast is brought to you by the Blackstone Launchpad at Syracuse University Libraries.